What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're entering the Drop Biscuit Studios time machine to listen to classic Fame is a Bitch. Hey everybody, AJ Benzie here with Fame is a Bitch. This is your daily unfiltered podcast for January 11th, 2021. It is Sunday afternoon. Uh, I've got to go to Vegas in a little while. I, I, the time just snuck up on me watching that football game. So I'll give you what I can give you, although I don't think it's going to be 40 minutes. might be a little less. Either way, listen, a lot of you are writing me, a lot of you in texting, emailing, you name it. This so much, you know, misinformation and disinformation that's being sent around social media with respect to the capital siege and Trump's presidency and what's happening, not to mention all this other shit that we hear might be happening to America. A lot of conspiracy theories. Who knows if they're even true, but I don't know. You know, I've been commenting on a lot of Facebook comments and texts, like I said, and uh, Instagram posts. I got to stop. I mean, the, the, the second I wake up in the morning, well, first of all, the first second I wake up, I got my dog, Tootsie, in my face, you know, looking at me. Let's go, Daddy. Got to go pee-pee and duty. Let's go, you know. And by the way, this is not a commercial, what I'm about to say, but I have to thank my, uh, one of my great patrons, Z Palmer. We call her ZZ, Aunt Z. Aunt, Aunt Z is Italian for aunt. So ZZ, ever since I got Tootsie, 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 ever since I got Tootsie, Z has been sending me the greatest dog food called Lucy Pet. You got to get Lucy dog food. It's, I, listen, I've never had a dog that I raised as a puppy that has so far, for the most part, only eaten dry food. You know, you'd think they'd get bored of the same shit every day, but she doesn't. She fucking cleans that bowl out two times a day at least. And plus, I give her a little piece of meat here and there when I'm eating. Um, gave her some tri-tip last night, you know, but not cookies and shit like that. I don't do that. You know, steak, chicken, carrots. She loves a little fruit here and there. But she gets in my face whenever she finishes that bowl. Again, not an ad, but this fucking Lucy pet. Agavino uses the same pet food for his little, um, what does he got? What's wrong with me? Those The great Brussels Griffon. Great dogs. And she's also sent us so many dog treats and chew toys. Just generous and very insane of her. But I got to say, the other day she sends me this dog treat toy combo, and it's a block of Himalayan salt, really hard block, that you screw into this blue plastic ring. I was like, what is this fucking contraption? It's just a dog bone. Like, what is this? Well, let me tell you something. Tootsie went berserk. Just a hunk of salt. But the blue ring is great because it makes, you screw it in and the dogs can chew down this block of salt and hold the big blue ring down. Instead of holding the chew toy, they get to hold this big thing. It's easier for them. So it's great. Check out this company, Himalayan. These are two brothers who came from Nepal. Uh, they came here in 2007 with $2,000 between them and this dream to start this dog food company. They slept in their friend's garage for a while. Now they've got millions. 
Great product. Again, not a commercial, but I love to give you stuff I believe in. And listen, what a great American success story. I, I, like to, to this day, I, I don't know how my grandmother and grandfather came here with $11 in their pocket and eventually went on to own a barbershop on Broadway in New York City. Two buildings, two brownstones in Brooklyn. How the fuck did they do that? I couldn't go to uh, Portugal, China, you name the I couldn't go to Canada and start a hot dog stand. How did they come here in 19, whatever the fuck it was, 1900? I don't know. How do how all immigrants do it? I'm, I'm just blown away by some of these success stories. But then I think if my grandparents and a lot of yours saw America right now, they'd probably have tears in their eyes. This is not the way it was supposed to be. This has become the type of country that, you know, they and many others escaped from at the turn of the century. It's very depressing. I'm sure you've heard a lot of rumors and tidbits of news lately, uh, news or, or rumors about there's going to be blackouts, um, gas stations are going to close, martial law will be enacted. Make sure to have cash on hand. Uh, you know, banks might close. Who knows? I know the military's here in LA. I saw three military trucks whiz past me on the 101 freeway. Never saw these kind of trucks. These are not ambulances. These are not law enforcement. These were black, fucking scary military trucks flying. What do I know? Could be the feds. I don't know. But it wasn't a typical, you know, ambulance or medical van you see. They say they're here to give the vaccine out. That's all bullshit. You, you've, heard, you've heard the rumor that Italy, among other countries, had a hand in changing the votes from Trump to Biden. Uh, you know, you've heard a, there's a story out there that a huge elected official in Italy has been arrested. I've heard people in our own Congress saying, that's true, that did happen. But they're not getting into it. They, they, there are people in Congress saying, yeah, this man and this country of Italy, because they were using their satellite, I guess called Leo for Leonardo um, da Vinci, I think it's called Leo. Anyhow, they acted in concert with different countries, including China, intercepting signals, changing things, hacking this, hacking that, and presto changeo, many, many, many votes went from Trump to Biden at the last minute. You've all heard that. Now there are people saying it is true. Now there are videos of the pillow guy, Mike Lindell, on a private jet saying, don't you worry, Trump will still be your president. I don't personally believe that. I just don't. I heard that Trump the last few days has been uh, at an Air Force base with his family, not at the White House. I don't know what that's about. I heard they're putting fences up around the White House for some reason. They're expecting some kind of drama again. I think they're going to see a lot more drama. I think this kind of, uh, not, I don't want to say violence, but this kind of attitude about you took something from us and now we got to come get it, that's not going to go away. You cannot... Take And believe me, this is not going to be a show completely about politics. Let me just get this off my chest because this is the biggest story since we've been together. I just can't overlook it and talk about Olivia Wilde and Harry fucking Styles. Uh, please. So, um, yeah, huge guy in Italy is arrested. I think the president of something, I couldn't even, look, there's so many rumors going around that there are things whizzing past me and you like those trucks on the 101 freeway. I, I, I can't catch up to them. The minute I start tracking one story, the next story was his body. It is like nothing I've ever seen. But apparently Italy and some other countries worked in concert with China, and this is where we're at. Um, but as I told Z, ZZ the other night as we were talking, she said, what do you think I should do? 
you know, she was even telling me Devin Nunes sent out a tweet about how to change our phones so we could communicate through text if the phones get shut off. Some like why this is from Devin Nunes? This is not from some crazy person. So she goes, what do you think is going to happen? What should I do? I said, look, I would make sure you got plenty of food on hand. I'm sure you do by now. I'd have at least three grand, four grand of cash on you. This goes out to everybody. Have as much cash as you can in your hand. I'm not trying to get everybody nuts, nuts and nervous, but there is something afoot. Um, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you right now, there are three major militias in this country. They're up in Maine, from Maine to Florida to Los Angeles. They're everywhere. You know, there's how many hundreds of millions of guns that are in the hands of Americans. I don't care how big your police force is. I don't even care about your martial law, whatever, whatever. If you get those people, man, all the gun owners, a lot of these guys are ex-servicemen and women, ex-law enforcement, ex-fire department, ex-whatever the fuck. They have been very silent and very patiently waiting for this kind of nonsense to happen. And I got to tell you, um, if this ever blows over into a big fight, a civil war type thing. I don't think the militias are not, I don't think they're going to do so poorly. Put it that way. I think there's going to be a lot of shit on our hands. Um, but, but I do think something like that is coming again, not to send chills up your spine, but there's something that's going to happen. If I can give you a visual of what it feels like right now, imagine we're all back in high school. We're at a football game. It's a Saturday afternoon, nice fall day. And on one side of the field, you got the band, right? With their fucking flutes and clarinets and chin strap hats. And they, they're cursing and making fun of the football players. Maybe they won't even give the ball back to the football players. Something ludicrous. So you got these other jocks and football players on the other side of the field. And even the kids who play handball and smoke weed. Everybody's on the other side of the field. And there's a referee standing in the middle saying, oh, let's all calm down. No, you go back to your side. You go back. What's going to happen? The jocks and the greasers and the burnouts, they're going to run past that fucking referee and they're going to come shove the flutes up the asses of everybody in the band. The band is the left, the football players is the right. This is where America is now. You either, you're either in the band or you're on the other side of the field. I don't think many people who listen to this show are in the band. So you know what I'm saying. It's being pushed and pushed and pushed, denied and stopped and being asked to change our ways and accept things we don't accept. Mm, it's coming to a head. And if you thought last Wednesday was the end of it, you're completely wrong. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I saw two movies yesterday. I'm just happy to sit down and not have to do anything. I watched Gangs of New York. What a 
great fucking movie. I've seen it at least 10 times. It's my old neighborhood in New York City, so I really love to watch it. Just trying to imagine what New York City must have been like in 1860. The warring gangs, the fight against immigration, all the Irish and Polish coming in, the hatred for black slaves, the, uh, the impending draft for the Civil War, how the rich people's kids weren't going to go serve uh, in the war, and how all the poor and the slaves were going to be drafted and told to do so. The corruption, Tammany Hall, um, Boss Tweed. It's not that much different from where we're at now, guys, 150 some odd years later. It's almost like there's no progress. Obviously, there's been, but how can we be back in a situation like this? And to think that only came 40 years after my grandparents came here. That's like us thinking back to the 1970s. That's fucking close, man. I always do that with dates. You ever do that? Like, I always go like, okay, well, World War II was, you know, late, mid, mid-40s. I'm born in 62. So World War II, so Hitler was killing Jews 18 years before I was born? That is nothing. Think back to 2003. That's how, anyhow, numbers get me. You know they do. I always play with dates. And when you think back to how much nonsense has happened in America and where we're at now, I feel like, for fuck's sake, my kids, your kids, grandkids are going to grow up and go, how did you guys put up with this in 2020, 2021? How could you have lived through that? I'm telling you. I don't know where the time is going. Just be careful as you walk around angry and disillusioned because the calendar does not slow down. I got a message from an old high school buddy's wife, uh, Meryl. She wanted all of her husband's childhood friends to make a short video or so and send it to her so she could give it to him on his 60th birthday. And when I read that, I almost shit. Can it be true that my friends from high school are turning 60 and I'm a year away from that milestone? How? 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 So I sat down outside, said a few things to my buddy, Augie Ortiz, great guy. He was a year ahead of me in high school. But he was a guy I really looked up to. Augie, half Puerto Rican kid, uh, five foot ten or so, but Augie had hops on him like nobody else in school. He could dunk a basketball as a junior in high school. And we would watch him during basketball practice, and he would dunk over and over and over again. And we only had two guys who could really throw the ball down, but they were both over 6'4". One was Robert Lang, who one day wore his sneakers on the opposite foot. He could only dunk because he was 6'9". He had no natural ability, but he was on the team because he was a big son of a bitch. The other one was John Williams, who was 6'3", or 6'4", and he could dunk, but with no pizzazz. Augie was the guy with pizzazz, this 5'10"-inch you know, light brown skinned dude, handsome kid, big calf muscles. Like he had like a body like most people, regular body. But man, what he did with the basketball. And that was the season we had Tommy DeLuca next to him as the as the point guard. And Duke died. I've mentioned the story of Tommy DeLuca. Went off to the Naval Academy in his first in his first uh, private flight. His plane went down. He's flying a jet outside of Beeville, Texas. I'll never forget the name of that town. And his plane went straight down like a lawn dart. He got, what do you call it, discombobulated in the air, up was down, down was up, boom. And uh, yeah, Duke was amazing. Duke was this all-American kid. And Augie was on the other side of the court. And we had such a great team back then. Um, it was almost gay how much I looked up to Augie. 
I remember I had to have the same white Adidas sneakers with the three black stripes like he used to wear. I even wore my socks like Augie did. He used to wear a pair of white socks with a blue and gold stripe at the top because, you know, we were West Isle was blue and gold. And then he wore a pair of white see-through socks over. We used to call these socks sanitary socks. A lot of baseball players wear them back in the day anyhow. No more wore them for basketball, but we did. And I'd wear two pair of white socks. The second pair was the blue and yellow stripe. The third pair was the see-through sanitaries. And we'd pull them all the way up to our knees. That was the thing back then. Um, I'm not sure if those socks are even still around. They've got to be. But I don't think they're called sanitaries. <laughs> but um, I foolishly thought, if I wear the same sneakers as Augie and pull my socks up and wear the sanitaries like it, maybe I could dunk too. No, of course not. I dunked a tennis ball one day in practice. I felt like Dr. J. Augie would throw down with two hands if he had to. So we had such a ball in the basketball team. Augie was a huge part of that team. We went 18 and four when I was a junior and he was a senior. They lost to North Babylon with one second left. They had these two twin brothers. I think they were called the McLaughlin brothers. They played forward, both six foot five, big football players playing basketball. And one of them put back a missed jumper from a kid who shot from 25 feet away, Eddie Rainbow Asaro. I'll never forget it. He had a ball that hit the front rim, the backboard, the side of the rim, and one of the McLaughlin brothers tapped it back in at the buzzer. We lose the game. We're out of the playoffs. We lost the league championship. But there was a big game a week earlier. We're up against Bayshore. Bayshore is a good, strong team. A lot of black kids in the team. Only one town away from us. I mean, talking about a mile away from us. West Islip, we used to call White Islip. There were no black kids in our town. We were surrounded by towns with black kids. Brentwood, Babylon, Bayshore, all around us. And uh, we were just tough Italian, Irish, Jewish, German, white kids. And um, they had a beast on their team named Stanley Wilcox. Big fucking guy, six foot five. We're playing him at home to get into the league championship. And at one point late in the game, Stanley Wilcox gets an outlet pass from a teammate. And he was running down the left side of the court. I'll never forget it because I was across from him on the bench. And um, he's taking his steps he's timing his steps from beyond the three-point line getting ready to, to dunk the ball and you know demoralize the crowd in a pivotal game and probably help Bayshore win and out of nowhere Augie comes racing from behind half court and as Wilcox soars to the rim ready to dunk the ball here comes Augie and he was able to reject Wilcox's dunk before he got to the rim I mean, he outleapt, he outleaped, outleapt, outleaped the guy who was a beast, right? And that play drove the crowd wild. We went on to beat Bayshore. Stanley Wilcox got so pissed, he he got blocked. He continued running out of the gym. The doors were open. He ran across the hallway and punched a giant glass trophy case we have on the other side of the hall, and he cracked it. Well, he was superhuman in a lot of respects too. I think I told you about the nights we we would spend at a bar in in town called the Copper Kettle. And when we were good and drunk, we'd go behind the bar. And this is the days when you could, literally, there were quarter beers, dollar pitchers. You know, it was insane how much alcohol you could have for no money. So we'd be good and drunk. We'd go behind the bar, and we'd have this pissing contest to see who could piss highest up the brick wall, right? Some guys would go seven, eight, nine feet. Pretty impressive. One night, it was Augie's turn. And he sent the piss 
over the brick wall and onto the roof of the bar. It had to be 16, 17 feet. Never saw anything like that in my life. I don't know if he forgot. I never forgot. Anyway, how the fuck is Augie Ortiz 60 years old? And how am I only a year away from that same milestone? Jesus Christ. I wanted to just talk about something quick. I The other day I was talking about um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it was on the free show. People had asked me, is she a guy? Was she born a boy? And I did the whole thing. No one really knows. It could be blah, blah, blah. But it got me thinking of these 80s rumors that we used to hear growing up. Remember the Richard Gere gerbil story, right? The great story that he had a gerbil shoved up his ass. I mean, it wasn't true, but I since learned in the years that that happened because him and Sly Stallone were working together on a movie. I believe it was The Lords of Flatbush. And um pretty sure it was Lords of Flatbush. And um Gear was not getting along with Stallone. They were just too much alpha male energy going on. And uh, he eventually left the film or was fired from the film. Whatever the fuck happened, he was off the film. And I hope I'm getting the movie right. I think it was Lord of, Lord of the Flatbush. Lords of Flatbush. But he started saying some shit about Sly being this and Sly being that. And back then, they were young. They had this rivalry. You know, Richard Gere was a up-and-coming leading man with looking for Mr. Goodbar and so many other movies. And then, you know, down the road, Officer and the Gentleman. And he was coming hard, and so was Sly. So the rumor is, on top of the rumor that there was a gerbil up his ass, the other rumor is that Sl Sylvester Stallone started that rumor. <laughs> I've never been able to pin that down, but that supposedly is the way it happened. The other great story, remember the story of Rod Stewart having to go to the hospital and get his stomach pumped because he had a bunch of semen? How stupid. I mean, I don't know how that even got around. How much semen would you have to have in your stomach to get pumped? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Jesus. The other rumor that turned out to be not a rumor but true was that during the filming of the movie The Accused, back then we heard that the stars Jodie Foster and Kelly McGillis fucked around. No one wanted to believe it. Now we've come to learn that they were lesbians. We didn't know that back then, and probably, of course, it was true. But years ago, both of them were so deep in the closet, the rumor passed around, nobody believed it. But now we know it to be true. I told you, I... I uh, was on a first-class trip from uh, New York to L.A. or New Jersey to L.A., you know, whatever, Newark Airport to L.A., and um, sat in first class a lot during those years, late 90s, early 2000s. And one trip, woman sits next to me, and she takes out a script. I remember she stunk like cigarettes so bad. She just came from boarding, and 
I hate that smell. And she reeked of it. I'm like, of all the fucking places to sit, didn't look good, you know, fucking hat on, sunglasses. She starts reading this script, and I'm like, oh, she's an actress, okay. And at one point, I asked her, "See, so what do you is that you work, you want a movie?" Yes, I yeah. So I'm a, you know, I have to read this. It's shooting soon. I'm like, okay. And she said, "I'm Kelly." I said, "I'm AJ." Okay. It didn't dawn on me there was nothing about her that looked like Kelly McGillis. Not the chick from The Accused. Not the hot chick from Top Gun. How could this be? And then she takes her glasses off, and her eyes are really red. And um, we got to talk, and it turns out she says to me, "You know, I've got such a bitchy girlfriend that I've got to deal with." That blew me away. I had no idea. And she clearly didn't know she was talking to a former gossip columnist giving me that kind of information for nothing. But man, she looked awful. And I got to tell you, throwing back wine, the whole fucking flight. And this is when I flew never straight. She made me look like a teetotaler. So you look at Kelly McGillis now, you know, it's many years of alcohol abuse and smoking. And who the fuck knew she was a lesbian back then? No one. Whatever the fuck makes her happy. I don't know. Great rumors. Great to be young in the 80s and 90s and hear those rumors and then obviously get close enough to the people they're about to find out the truth. Oh, I wanted to say something. Many of you won't care about this, but I got to say something because it it's a, it's a, paints a bigger picture of where we're at in the world, in America particularly. There's a great pizza place in New York. Now it's in LA. It's called Prince Street Pizza. Fantastic pizza. When I was there in New York, I filmed snippets of it for my talk show. Uh, the owner was a mob guy who was in prison. His you know, mother-in-law ran it. Like a, a family-run place. There's two owners there now. Prince Street Pizza just opened up on Sunset Boulevard as well. They are now stepping down. The father and the son have been told to step down because they made racist comments and they didn't say great things about Black Lives Matter. And they told some disgruntled customers who had big mouths to go shit in their hat. Because of this, Frank Morano, who opened the shop in, I think, 2012, and his son, Dominic, they're going to continue to own the restaurant, but they're not going to be involved in the day-to-day operations or have any interactions with customers. They will not be involved in management. What happened is this fruity fucking food blogger, Joe Rosenthal, started posting screenshots of some of these comments on Instagram, and it made a lot of people go to the business's Yelp page and give them all negative reviews. I can't stand people who do this. People who've never been to an establishment just go ahead and follow the shithead leader and make bad, disparaging comments on Yelp and attempt to ruin a family business. Those people like that have never created anything in their lives, and they get to destroy something that family families have worked on for a generation. And these cocksuckers destroy it because the words they use are too hard to hear. Way back in 2017, Frank Morano responded to a bad Yelp review. I couldn't stand it if I had a business and you were out to talk shit about me on a, on a fucking app or on a, um, you know, a website. I would go bananas. You know, if you don't like the way I'm feeding you or, or servicing you, tell me in person. I'll, I'll rectify. I'll give you free food. I'll talk to the fucking waiter who did you wrong. Just come to me. But to leave and talk shit, I can't stand that. He's got an Italian temper like me. He's a Sicilian crazy fucking guy like me. So when he sees these reviews, what does he do? He goes and writes back to the people. You mongrel, you mutt, you yellow dog, right? Well, you can't do that because that's, you know, yellow dog. Is that an Asian remark? Wait, wait mongrel, mutt. Are you getting at that they're not, you know, they're, they're mixed race? What are you getting? This is where we're at. It's disgusting. Apparently, 
it all started because a customer was drunk and they were kicked out by security for being drunk and acting violent towards customers and employees. And then the customer made comments about their Italian heritage in degrading terms. So look, the owners know they should never have responded, but they did because they got passion. That's how you make great pizza. You don't just stumble on making great pizza. You got to have passion to do that. So they went to the fucking Yelp website and they told people, go fuck yourself. You're a piece of shit. I mean, I, I get it. They said, we have all types of races and religions and sexual orientations. This is New York City. This is Greenwich Village. We see everybody. Everybody comes into our store. Now go shit in your hat, you racist clown. They would say things like that back to these assholes. And it got to them. It got to the point where people started to really complain. So now, Rosenthal, the food blogger, imagine your father was a food blogger. Oh, Christ. Rosenthal dredged up a deleted tweet from five years ago because the younger son kind of mocked Black Lives Matter's protesters getting hit by a car during protest. And when he was confronted about it, you know, he said, you find it offensive, I find it funny. Well, that's it. You can't do that. What you're supposed to do, did you see the video about a week and a half ago of a family, wife, husband, and I think a couple of kids, in the street in New York City, and they're descended upon, not by Black Lives Matter, but by about nine black kids on bikes. For no reason, they're at a light, and these kids swarm the, the truck, or it was like, a big, like an SUV-ish kind of thing, I believe. And they're throwing their body into the window, slamming the window with elbows. The kids in the back are fucking screaming. The wife's out of her mind. They're, they jumped. They threw their bikes at the car, ran up the car, smashed the windshield. This is happening right in midtown Manhattan, and no one's doing a thing. But they're all filming it. That's how we're all going to die, by the way. Someone's going to film our death. Someone's going to film our murder. Like fucking Kitty Genovese. 70, 80 years later, whatever the fuck it was. If you don't know that story, go Google Kitty Genovese, a woman who was left for dead during, a, I think, a rape and a beating, and no one came to her aid. Everybody heard her screams, and anyhow, this is where we're at. So, I got news for you. If I'm in that car, and my kids are in the back, and even if I'm alone in that car, but especially if my family's in the car... And you're throwing your bikes at my car. You're running up my hood. You're stomping my windshield. You're cracking windows. I'm running you the fuck over. And if, if a judge has to throw me in jail, I got to go. Who the fuck could just sit there and take it? So I understand this guy saying that on, on, a, on, a, on a Yelp page or whatever the fuck he did. I don't care. Or his Instagram post. I get it. We're, not, we're all supposed to just eat shit and accept it that Black Lives Matter or the black race has suffered so much, we all should get shit on and dumped on. No. It's happening everywhere, guys. It makes me sick. My nephew was a waiter at Maggiano's. I'm sure you know, many of you have heard of that restaurant, family-style Italian joint. It's out here in LA. It's in many different cities. He's been a waiter there for almost 18 years. My nephew's half Puerto Rican, half Italian. So basically, he's a minority. He's a light-skinned brown person, okay? Never had an issue with anybody black or brown. Never. But last summer, with all the rope we cut, Black Lives Matter, and with the pandemic upon us, Maggiano's, like hundreds of LA restaurants and many around the country, was trying to cope, you know, trying to cope with all this nonsense and stay in business 
For a while, they only allowed outdoor dining. Then they went to 25% capacity, and they had a few waiters on. They kept my nephew on because he's one of their best, been there the longest. So he got to have his shifts. He's wearing gloves, a mask, and a visor, and it's hot, it's summertime, but hey, got to make a living. What started happening was, with this Black Lives Matter everywhere, storming restaurants everywhere, causing shit, they would go to restaurants, you saw it, demand patrons to put their hands up in a black salute. A lot of restaurants just wanted to exist and make some money they lost during the lockdowns. They wanted to survive. But see, herein lies the problem. There are some black people, and I know it's a very small percentage, but they're there. And they will go to restaurants like Maggiano's, knowing that they can get away with anything short of murder. So suddenly it became common for a black couple or a black family to complain about service, complain about the food. This was warm. I didn't order this drink. I didn't like the waiter's attitude. And voila, they would get free meals. They would get their meals comped. That's what restaurants were doing. So they didn't open up the, the, the restaurant the next day with BLM spray painted on their window or their front door kicked in. They just acquiesced to all this nonsense like so many people have been asked to do. It's disgusting. So the restaurant owners just say, you know what, give them free food. If they're complaining, give them free food. That's on them. But after almost 18 years of never having an issue with a customer, black or brown or white, my nephew got called to the carpet three times in a month because black couples and families, all these complaints, bad attitude, food was closed, food was cold, dirty glass, that wasn't what we ordered, blah, 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 making the managers and the waiters nervous. So after three different made-up bullshit situations that never existed, they fired my nephew with the pandemic going on after almost 18 years there. Not easy for a waiter to grab a new job in L.A. during this bullshit lockdown, but this is what's happening. It's all bullshit. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets, the NBA team, they got this moody superstar, Kyrie Irving, on their team. And you know what? You can have this fucking kid. Irving is fine physically, but... He was upset about the attack at the U.S. Capitol, and uh, he didn't like the way Donald Trump supporters acted. So he didn't come to practice. He missed the game, didn't call anyone, just didn't show up. And they messaged him, what's going on? They want to keep it all private. But it, it came to be that um, in this newsletter called The Association, they reported all this lack of punishment for the police officers who shot and killed Breonna Taylor. You know, all the different stories about black people being shot. And as a result, Kyrie Irving decides, I can't play. And you got LeBron James standing up after a game saying, you know, we live in two different Americas. There are two different Americas. Yeah, I know. There's the America I live in and have to struggle and work hard every day to survive. And there's the one you live in. You play basketball under a fucking dome in a bubble. You make hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Your life is fine. No one's after you, LeBron James. No one's after you, Kyrie Irving. Can you believe this? Can you take days off of work because Trump lost? Can you go to work and say, I can't work, the Capitol was seized? How does this work? Kyrie Irving makes $34 million a year. He signed a four-year deal worth $136 million, but his feelings are hurt. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and everybody else who cries racism all day long as they shoot baskets in an empty arena for millions of dollars can go kiss my ass. I'm sick of hearing this shit. For four years now, the billionaire and millionaire elites who control everything from academia to the mainstream media to pop culture to sports to politics, they've all framed anybody who supports Trump as racist deplorables who should be, you know, just eliminated from society. These are the same people 
that spent the last uh, the past decade making Michael Brown, Jacob Blake, Rayshard Brooks, Eric Garner, George Floyd into these oh, icons. These are scum that resisted criminal arrest. And don't forget, these are also the people who raised bail money. So protesters who were rioting, looting, burning, and vandalizing and destroying businesses could get out of jail and not serve time. It's fucking hypocrisy. And no one's doing a thing about it. And Biden's going to make it even worse. You can't ignore what 74 million people, I think it's even more, almost 80 million people who voted for Donald Trump. You can't write them off as Nazis and answer all these complaints and allegations of racism and sexism. That's fascism. That's what they're doing. So enough is fucking enough. <sighs> Play ball and shut the fuck up. And we'll go on with our lives as well. But don't you dare tell me I can't complain. Don't you dare tell me I'm not suffering. That somebody has it so much worse than me. The last people who do are big NBA superstars. Millionaires and billionaires. Fuck all you guys. You're lucky we're still watching. I ain't. Maybe you are. Anyhow. I got a plane to catch, guys. So I'm going to bid you adieu and talk to you tomorrow. I'm AJ Benzer. That was your daily unfiltered podcast for January 11th, 2021. Take care. Thank you for listening. Fame is a Bitch is an AJ Benza Drop Biscuit Studios production featuring the endless wisdom, insightful commentary, and sometimes fucked up perspective of AJ Benza. Executive producer, Mike Agavino. 